When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. I'm Paul Doolan. I'm joined on the phone by Dave Watson. Dave, hello. Paul Doolan, hello. It's been a long time. When was the last one we did... Last time we did a podcast, we were for, I think we might have been bottom of the table. We were. Uh, we, our we manager was saying we're only going to stay up if there's three teams worse than us. Now look at us. Storming it, mate. We're 13th. That's practically top. I mean, if you discount the top five, which Obviously. I think any. Yeah, I think if you. Any reasonable person would. Um, then it's only. Eighth. Eighth. We're, and then we're discount in, Man U and Everton. Yes. Yeah. We're six. That's how <laughs> you wait for That's a, Yeah. <laughs> who else should we discount while we're here? Well, oh. Bournemouth. We beat them, so oh, we can yeah, discount fall them. Away. Fifth. Yeah, yeah, fifth. And if uh, if we're honest, I think if you look at if you look at how we beat Watford, which we'll get on to, I'm sure. Yeah. They'll drop away. Wolves Fourth, are dropping away. Yeah, third. I mean, if you look at yeah, so get rid of only really need to get rid of Everton and Leicester, and we've got the title in bag. Yeah, as long as we discount the top five and well, the top twelve, <laughs> the disciples. <laughs> yeah, Judas, a lot of them. Yeah, I'll tell you what else has changed for the better over the past few weeks: the taste of Watney's Pale Ale. <laughs> Oh, beautiful. It somehow managed to get smoother, Dave. I don't know how they do oh. it. I don't know what those boys at Watney's are getting up to. They're artisans. That's, they're just they're artificers. I mean, it does have that annoying marketing speak on the can, where it says, an easy-drinking pale ale golden... Oh, no, not that bit. Where's the annoying bit? There it is. Watney's is back, brewed again in London by a bunch of friends hell-bent on crafting great modern beers. I would be Hellbent. I would be massively surprised if that is what the production line is like. <laughs> just, <laughs> just a gang of friends. <laughs> uh, 
hell bent as well. That that just means like going to hell. It will, yeah, it means they'll stop at nothing to make good yeah. craft beer, <laughs> including murder. Yeah, yeah. So, so you, but you... that's why we like it. Yeah, exactly. So, what would you like to talk about first? I, I, I guess we about... should talk about Newcastle United. Oh yeah, I mean, we should we talk, talk about... about the games we've missed, or do we just go you straight briefly, into Burnley? We'll just... So, no, Watford we'll... was it Watford the first one? Yeah, we, we didn't do one for Watford. Um, well, Watford. Obviously, <laughs> we both remember what happened there, but I'll let you talk about it. <laughs> well, the Watford game was it was. Um, Quite a lot of our games are going to be like that, where they've got the line share of the possession, they've got the line share of the the shots, and and so on. But um, I think what we did well against Watford was we dug in and we like ground out a, a win, which is not something we've been able to do. I don't think we played particularly badly. I don't think we played particularly well, but I think the the tactics were spot on. Um, Perez got the goal, but if if I'm honest, I can't remember it. Can you remember it? No, I do remember being surprised that we held on. Though I think I was still suffering from the Man U game. Yeah, and it, yeah. I just felt I still had that. To be fair, last night with Burnley, where I just thought yeah, we, we're not going to hold on. Yeah, um, against Bournemouth to move on to, yes. to that game. Um, I think it was a better performance overall, but. I do think that um, that fear was uh, still very much alive. I, I wasn't confident that we'd see out the game. They just looked like they were going to create something. Yeah. Um, that was one but, of the two Rondon goals, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Rondon scored in the 7th and the 40th, apparently, going off. And I think but, um, we, we have to talk about his second one, especially. Oh, I'm sure it's because it was, I've, I could watch that header all day. Yeah, it, it begs the question why why Benitez has decided that that's not the game plan, that we don't use the, the delivery of Richie and Kennedy from slightly deeper. Well, that seems and, to be a bit more the game plan now. Mm, I suppose now that he's he's back and uh, fit, although... Yeah, up um, to a point. Up to a point. I didn't think he looked fit last night. Um, but yeah, the, the Bournemouth game... It, like they scored just before half time and it was it was nervous for the for the final 45 minutes to be honest I, I just i felt yeah like you're saying like the um the man you game because that was a recent game you, you know that we've got that in us um but moving on from the Bournemouth game let's talk about the Burnley game because it's fresh in our minds yeah and we can talk about it a little bit more so um, the game was delayed by half an hour and I have mm. to be honest, I was already thinking Burnley away, Monday night football. It's hard to look forward to a game less. Yeah. And then to add a little half hour wait in there as well. <laughs> you just think... well, it's like, well, we've been on TV on a Monday. Uh, we're in the top four or five for, for teams who've had Monday night games. Um, I mean, there's obvious reasons for that. Uh, we, we always take a, a, a larger way following and there's always some kind of drama at, at Newcastle United. So, yeah. you know, you're always going to, even if the game's shit, you've always got something to talk about. So That's quite um, depressing. We're box office, but for, not for anything approaching football reasons. 
<laughs> exactly. It's well, like a Fast and the Furious movie. We're well, like a, well, like a very records. stupid kid at school who's got an excellent attendance record. <laughs> <laughs> you still get a certificate. But I think this is the first Monday night game we've won in, like I say, 11, I think. I think. About, yeah, something like 11 games. And some of that was when, obviously, when we've had, you know, a decent side. You know, when we've had Kabai and Sissoko and stuff. Some of some of it, obviously, is when we've got the, frankly, the, the championship side that we've got now. Um, I just thought that last night, what was very obvious from the the way we set up was we were going to try and compact the game. We we're going to try and force them inside because of their big men. Um, try and stop them getting crosses in. And you saw from the very first minute we were going to pressure them and we were going to put them put them on the back foot as best we can. And we've, we've done that in a lot of games. We, we come out of the traps in, at the beginning of each half really, really well. It's just at the end of the half um, where we seem to lose a bit of focus, lose a bit of confidence and start backing off and backing off. But yeah. um, the... Uh, the two goals, um, the first one was, um, uh, was Cross came in and fell outside the area to Fernando. Fernando? Fernandez. Fernando. Um, Fernando. Fernando. Um, it did take, I think it just takes a bit of a shine off it that it was, it took a, a deflection. I, I think I still, it would have been saved otherwise. Though. He's yeah. sort of passing it into the side, but he kind of, he'll take it. Yeah. Um, but the second goal, that was lovely. That was a, a really well-worked yeah. uh, corner routine. Which is well, we've talked to... about our lack of ability from set pieces this season compared to last. It was really nice to see. There were a few training ground moves. There was another one with, uh, there was another corner that Key played, sort of really well-disguised pass outside the box to Kennedy. Mm. It was on his wrong foot and he just sort of spun it out for a goal kick, but... It seemed we seemed a lot more inventive than we have at the start of the season. There seems to be a bit of that back to us. Yeah, definitely. Um, although we don't look as composed defending set pieces, so I don't know what the fuck's going on there. Um, but yeah, the the whole play, the whole like setup was obviously to to peg them back, try and grab a goal early doors. I think the the second goal came at a point where Burnley was starting to get a bit more confidence mm. and starting to grow into the game. But I just, I, I, they didn't look like they were going to trouble us. They hadn't. No, they hadn't their goal was the biggest surprise. Yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, Dubravka could and should have done better. I think he was, he, I don't think he was expecting the, the header to be taken you know, first, I think yeah. he was expecting it to be like knocked down for somebody else, um, which it was a know, very you, sort of stoky, old-fashioned yeah. English football, like a cross coming in pretty much from the halfway line. Yeah, that, I mean Burnley had no ideas apart from that, which made it slightly frustrating that we almost didn't hold on. But they've just got two very strong airily powerful centre forwards it's quite hard to deal with yeah but I think we've we've not really spoken about it but changing the shape to five at the back or three at the back however you want to look at it mm. that seemed to pay off massively in yeah, terms of I dealing with their strikers definitely it also meant that 
Um, because you had Kennedy and Perez operating behind Rondon, but given a lot of license to, to move around. So sometimes they were popping up in the centre, sometimes they were popping up wider. And what that meant was that the, the fullbacks of Burnley couldn't com- like confidently bomb forward to support their um, the, the wingers ahead of them. Yeah. So they, they were pegged back in the first half. Daesh made some changes in the second half, which which um, made made their wing play more more um, fruitful. But um, it was, I mean, that, that that's why Newcastle United are likely not to be relegated this season is because of the tactical genius of Rafa Benitez. Like he knows what he's got to work with. Yeah. And he knows like he, we can't play expansive football. We can't. I mean, I'd love to see us playing my buccaneer football, but we can't do it, not with the players that we've got. We so played, that... I think for us, though, we played quite decent football. And we had we had our chances. It's not like earlier games in the season where we're coming away with like a massively low XG. I've no. not actually seen it from last night. But, I mean, we missed, well, Scotland's Matt Ritchie missed an absolute sitter. Oh, Jesus. Th- Although it should have been a penalty as well, because Yedlin was tripped sure. in the box. But I, I, th- I think it's fair to say that in that game, uh, sorry, in that in that situation, the referee will, would, would have been lambasted for not playing um, advantage. See, because- I think what Matt Ritchie was doing, though, was just playing it out because he assumed there'd be an advantage. <laughs> deliberately trying not to score. Uh it was frustrating that that he didn't put that away because I think if he had, that was the game, wasn't yeah. it? That, I, I don't think that. I mean, they didn't come back from it, but I don't think we would have been under as much pressure because I don't like a two goal deficit. I don't think would have um, a, a two goal deficit would have would put paid to them. I was just looking yeah. at the looking up the the xG and um, yeah, it was one point six eight. So not as like he had one good chance um which I, th- I think would be uh probably Clark's but uh that oh, just side, don't forget no, Hosselu no. hitting the post as well yeah no that, yeah. I, I feel really sorry for him because yeah. that's the kind of that's the kind of miss that will play on his mind a lot because it, he didn't you know span it well wide and he, he didn't stumble over the ball it was a good shot and it's just yeah. a matter of inches this is a sign of um, how low my expectations of Hosselu are where that hit the post and I actually thought well, that's, that's pretty good <laughs> yeah it's not bad for him that might do his confidence the world of good <laughs> um, only slightly fucked it up I just when he came on I deflated a little he had because, to that. I think Rondon was sure so out of shape. You notice it as well. You look at early on, as soon as Richie or Kennedy get the ball, they're looking for Rondon, getting early mm. crosses in. And I, there was a spell, probably about 50 to 65 minutes, where everybody knew Rondon was knackered. And any time we got the ball in the final third, we just had no ideas. Yeah. Because that I mean, target was, wasn't he, there. He was in a physical ba- battle from from the first minute and uh, that is going to take it out of you. I mean, the game, the, the game he had against Bournemouth was a lot easier for him. He, he dominated that game. Um, but this, yeah. maybe, it, maybe it's just, he's having to do a lot more work because the, 
the attacking midfielder that we have doesn't hold on to the ball as well as perhaps. I don't think Rondon had a bad game either. He did what he's going to do a lot of the season for us, which is hold up the ball. He's almost a key defender for us because he's the only thing ensuring the ball doesn't come straight back at us. And you notice it when Hossel is on or when uh, Muto's on. We're just getting peppered. So when I was what I was going to go on to say about Hostel, it's not really I mean it's not his fault, but um it's just it didn't feel like because if, if we were bringing on uh Dwight Gale or something, you think great, we can get them on the break. If you bring on another big lump, you think good, we can hold it up. Yeah. With Hosselu, you think you're taking off Rondon and you're replacing him with seventy five percent of a player. It feels He's like not, you're putting a midfielder up front. Yeah. But he's not and, a midfielder. Well, that's what I was going to suggest, is that perhaps it would have been better to bring on Atu uh, and either put Perez further forward um, or or play Atu as a as a, as a striker. Where was um, Muto yesterday? Cause I, I didn't think he, wasn't, he was... Was he just not no. selected? I, I, I think he may be injured at the minute. Like a, a strain or a, a tweak or something. It's not. It's nothing like long term injury, but it's. Um, I think he just he picked up a strain or something. I think also he's struggling with the physicality of the league. Yes. So uh, an away day on Monday at Burnley. I don't know how how great he would have been. Um, and Hosley uh, wasn't awful. I think a lot of it. No. A lot of the reason your head sinks when Hosley comes on is just because of what's gone before. And you look at his performance, he should have scored, but he was still, he was closer than the Hosselu that people make him out to be would have been. I know it's yes. a terrible defence of a player. <laughs> um, One thing I was... wanted to ask, because yeah. I couldn't figure out who were our wing-backs? Because presumably Yedlin on the right. Richie. So Richie where was left. Kennedy playing? So Kennedy was um, playing ahead of Richie and... Like nominally on the left-hand side, uh, but he was, like I say, he was drifting inside a fair bit. Um, certainly in the early stages of the first half, he was given license to roam all over the fucking pitch. Um, but then as the game wore on and they were pushing further and further forward, his defensive um, ability was called into, into play more and more. So he was operating more and more like an out-and-out left winger. I think that was because... Um, the changes that Dyche had made to his side meant that they were looking more and more to push it wide rather than go through the centre as our formation was kind of forcing yeah. them to do. Um, so we, to answer your question, it was Matt Ritchie on the left uh, operating as a left wing back, um, which is odd to me um, because Kennedy's played there before. Yeah. He's you know He played there at Chelsea on a couple of occasions. He's... He's defensively good enough. I think the the issue with Kennedy is, unlike Matt Ritchie, he hasn't got the the endeavour that Ritchie has. And actually, I don't think Ritchie had a bad game at left wing. No, back. I thought he was I, quite I, decent. I don't want to see him play there, but I think he was okay. Yeah, I think. I think. Sorry, go on. The one thing yesterday shows is the the depth we've got, especially defensively. Mm. is so much better than previous seasons. If you'd have said we were going to Burnley away, there'd be no Lascelles, no Lejeune, no Shelby. You would just think yeah. that's guaranteed defeat. But Cher, and especially Fernandez, these last three games, 
we've we've got some player there for nothing. Absolutely, in, and, uh, in Premier uh, the, League the, terms, those two um, centre halves that you mentioned—they're not just big lumps. They're 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 classy. They you know they can yeah. pass the ball 20, 30, 40 yards. They can have it to feet in a in a congested area, and they're not just going to panic. But as we saw, um, there was a a shot that um, Dubravka didn't hold. And Did it hit his neck or something? I imagine that. So it bounced off his chest. I think he was expecting it just to like be about six inches lower. Um, but I think either the ball moved in the air or he didn't deal with it well. Um, and it just spilled off his chest. And I think it was Cher who just booted it out. You know, he didn't, he didn't try anything fancy. He wasn't under a lot of pressure. But rather than invite pressure by taking a touch or trying to chest it back to a keeper, you just get rid. And yeah. I think I think you're right. Those two centre-halves mean for me that Lascelles ha- isn't just going to walk straight back into the side, no. or, or he shouldn't, um, because they, they don't seem to have the, the potential for the big error that Lascelles has had in the past and has still got in him. I think, yeah, Lejeune is probably still our classiest defender yeah but we've finally got a level of depth that you would have killed for under Bobby Robson yeah I think where uh, the the other place that we can uh, maybe take a bit of comfort from is in previous well the last couple of seasons if if Shelby wasn't in this in the center of the park we were bereft of creativity in the center <laughs> of the park and while key doesn't have Shelby's unbelievable passing range. He's still um, positive, and he's still looking for yeah. looking forward. He's got he's got decent technique. Um, I like Key. I, Key uh, looks such a different sort of player for us. He's just so calm. You can give him the ball anywhere, and he's fine with it. He's not he's not always going to pass back to the keeper, but he's not going to do a Shelby and play a risky sort of thirty yard ball. No. Where we'll just concede possession, and he, he just looks to have an extra second on the ball compared to other players. Yeah, I mean, let's let's not sock his cock. He's, he's no, let's do that. Play. <laughs> let's let's charter a bus to Newcastle. <laughs> it's our um, duty. I think that we're still lacking in the uh, the attacking midfield area because while Perez put in a shift last night, he had a few. There were a few times where I'm not going. I'm not going to pull him apart for losing the ball because in that position you're going to lose the ball. You're not going to pull him you, apart, but you're not going to suck his cock. I'm not going to suck yeah. his cock. Um, there were times where he made absolutely the wrong decision. Um, yeah, and like, and I'm not talking about like trying to take on a player. I'm saying like the pass that he chose was. There were a couple of opportunities where we could have broken um, in the first half. Uh, where he played it into, like he played a, a shorter ball um, that was to a you know a player that couldn't do anything with it. Where he had perhaps Richie or, or Yedlin in space that if he and you know and nobody in between him and him and that player, he just I think his passing and his vision let him down yeah. uh, last night. Um, I, so think that's, they, that's I think I think that is the weakest part of his game as well. Yeah. He is sort of like a bird mid-flight that is handed a bowling ball. You know it's going <laughs> to 
hit the ground and not make its target, but it might look quite good doing it. You're going to be interested in watching it. I would love to spend just 20 minutes inside your head, just like <laughs> from where you pulled that. It's in. an analogy You're, machine. Yeah, it is an analogy machine. Um, the other player that I wanted to talk about was Dubravka. Yeah. I think that was perhaps his worst game. Yeah, us. I think so. But he still pulled off a couple of pretty decent saves. Yeah, and he claimed a couple of crosses that other keepers um, may not have been able to do. But it's he set himself such a high bar that even in a game where he pulls off an absolute cracking save from... God, I want to say Loughton. I can't remember. Anyway, he he, made, he pulled off a, like a, a really, really good save. And he was claiming balls into the box when that's, that's 90% of the, um, the, the ammunition that was supplied to their strikers. He did all of that. But the position for the first, um, for, for their goal, rather, and a couple of saves that he made, like certainly the one that bounced off his chest, it was just, it was his worst game for us. Yeah, in a in a black and white shirt. Um, it was an odd one because Jamie Carragher at half time was he didn't seem to think there was anything wrong with Dubravka's positioning for the goal. It was just such an early long ball that you wouldn't expect the keeper because the cross has come in from the halfway line. You wouldn't expect the keeper to be on his line there. No, but you you would have. <laughs> I get what he's saying. And I think it's an amazing header that he's yeah he's headed it in the only way you could possibly loop it over the keeper. But I do, you can't really not look suspect as a goalkeeper there. No, no, I agree. And what that does mean is, um, I mean, his his place is safe. I think um, Fernandez and Shah have played themselves into the into a, a real dilemma for um, for Benitez. Uh, Key certainly isn't going to be ousted yeah. just because John Joe Shelby's back. Rondon's obviously going to be our main striker. Um, Yedlin looked great again. Not yeah. great, but good again. Um, he always looks dangerous, but yeah. in both a defensive and attacking sense. It's, like you were saying, though, it feels good to have options in quite a few areas. I mean, we're still woefully lacking in attacking midfield. We're still really... Like without Dummett, we're having to shoehorn players out of position. Um, yeah. So we've still got. Don't get this wrong. We've still got big, big gaps that we need to fill. But the spine of the team feels stronger than it has for a long time. Yeah. Like we've I mean, got, we're still... we've got any two from three central midfielders. Where if one of them's left out, you're still quite happy with the other two. Yeah. And centre yeah, back, yeah. any two from four, and you think that's five? Well, what Clark, about Clark? You... You wouldn't um, like if 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 um, the the next game's West Ham. If there was an injury crisis at centre half, and Touchwood yeah. there isn't. If there was an injury crisis at centre half, uh, but Dummett was back, you you'd be. It's not your first choice, but it, Clark and Fernandez, you'd be like, yeah, that's yeah. decent. You know, it's fine. It's not your first, but it's. I think we've got for the level that we're at, we've got five decent centre-halves who can all do a good job and obviously when Lejeune's back it's that extra level of quality extra level of class that yeah. he brings and it could be that Lejeune and Fernandez are our first choice centre-half partnership could yeah. be that we continue to play three at the back 
But I would imagine the level in training can only go up at the minute. If you're Lascelles or Shelby, you're thinking you have to really go for it in training to play your way back in. Yeah. It's not like not before some... where you rushed back as soon as you fit. Yeah, which is not something that Rondon has to worry about. No. Because he knows that if he's fit, he's playing. So I don't think he that... even has to turn up to training. <laughs> well, it looks like he hasn't been. He could um, FaceTime. <laughs> still probably get away with it. Literally phone it in. That's nice. But it's like um, Perez, Perez seems to be in a position where he's he's not playing well. I don't think anybody could say that he's playing well. No. He does add value to the team because he works hard. and He still he creates a lot of good chances as well. I think he's a victim of our strikers a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but, you know, that, as, as a game, that was huge for us to get mm. up to 12 points and to um, three wins on the bounce, you know, blow the cobwebs away a bit. But when I was, what are we now? Like um, four points clear of the relegation zone, um, and a you know much much better uh, goal difference than than everyone down there. Yeah. Um, if I mean, if we were to beat West Ham in the next game, we'd be up to fifteen points um, with fourteen games played. So you still got uh, was that twenty? No, I don't know, 18? Oh, fuck, Something my math like is terrible. Well, let's, let's take a break for adverts and we'll, we'll find out just what we do need. Newcastle Natter is lubricated by Watney's Pale Ale. Watney's Pale Ale, the Newcastle Natter Beer of the Month. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Welcome back to the Newcastle Natter. I'm still here with Dave, who was... We were about to talk about West Ham at the weekend, but should we do Twitter questions first? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Let's get out there. Okay, let me know if you've got any while I scroll through. Well, there were a few from... um, Because I put out a tweet early on, earlier on today oh it could have even been yesterday actually just asking what people wanted to talk about and somebody i think it was leon steed oh yeah asked who is our most valuable player and would we you know consider that was actually theo penn sorry 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 theo um yeah who's our most valuable player in monetary terms and would you take the offer if we got that full amount in january I'd say probably the cells. You'd you'd be expecting that over thirty million, I think. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say like thirty-five million, especially because the only teams he would leave us for are the guys in the top five or six. Because there's no point in him moving to West Ham. There's just you know they're then they're not going to be any further up the table than we are. There's probably a few hundred thousand reasons for him. Well, yeah, but I mean, he's just signed a new contract. Um, he's happy here. He's captain. He's loved by the fans. He's loved by the manager. He knows he's going to be playing most games. I know we've said that he's, his position's under threat, but you'd fancy Benitez to stick with the, the horse that brought him. Um, the sales would be the £35 million pound yeah. player, but would I take it? No, because we won't reinvest it. 
Um, I weirdly, I think if we were offered thirty-five million, if well, there's a huge caveat with this. If we were offered that and we were guaranteed to reinvest it, I would say at the moment that would make sense in terms of building yeah. the squad. If we yeah, were the... what we had before. We were reliant on Lascelles last season and before, not just for him as a defender, but for his leadership. And we yeah. seem Fernandez seems to cover both of those aspects now. And if we Actually, lose him, we still have, like you were saying, four top centre-backs. So it's not like we'd be adrift. Yeah, it's, it's not selling Carroll and not replacing him. Yeah. It's, I think the, your point's taken, well taken, about leadership on the pitch. But I think Lascelles is a very important voice in the dressing room. Because while Shelby will be a, a voice in the dressing room, his... I just imagine it's more petulant. Yeah. Just imagine, you know, I, I think he'd dig out a player who's had a bad game and whose um, confidence is shot because he didn't pass Shelby the ball. Whereas I think Lascelles would pull somebody up for not trying hard. I think, well, Lascelles does seem uh, to get into fights in training a lot. I think, yeah, but, but that's so just Richie, high level I think, they seem to. Yeah, I think that all of that is just... He's very demanding. I think that's valuable on the training ground and in the dressing room. Is their respective and... Scottish and French fiery temperaments? <laughs> um, but no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't sell anybody uh, from that first team that you know we we currently have. I mean, if if somebody, I think, came you're, I think far, you're right. But I think weirdly, our most valuable asset wouldn't be the one we'd miss the most if we sold. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's fair. That's fair. And I, the thing is, I don't think anybody's going to come in for the sales because I don't think any of the top five or six are going to want him. No, I not when you look at the way they all play. It's all no, sort of quite all playing passing. Yeah, I think, like you say, and, it would be a West Ham or maybe an Everton. Yeah, and I, I can't see him swapping them for us because um, Everton's not a big enough step up, and he, yeah, um, but. It's a good question. It is a very good question, and it's it's really got us thinking. <laughs> a, uh, Thomas old... Birkin asks, if relegation would guarantee a new owner, would you take it? It's another very good question. I'm not dodging the question. It sounds it like genuinely... you're about to dodge the question. <laughs> it genuinely does depend on who was to take over. Yeah. Because for all his faults, and he has many, Mike Ashley is not the worst owner in the football landscape. Okay, you know, I'll say, got... I would say play the averages then, because he is mm. of how, what, 100-odd clubs in the football league. He is one of the five worst. So mm. let's say the new owner would be somewhere in the middle. <sighs> Basically, an owner who would treat it like a football club, so invest appropriately or reinvest appropriately. Oh, fuck. There's a lot of caveats to it. I think if you could I, guarantee keeping Benitez with this new owner, I would say it's a yes. Yeah. That that's a more. Um... But I think either way, you might have to just say five years of shit to then get back to where you want to be. Yeah. The problem is, we've got such a good manager that it does paper over how bad an owner we've got. I've got one for you and for the the listeners. Um, 
would you take two more years of Rafa Benitez and Mike Ashley or new owner, new manager? With still being in the Premier League? Yeah. New owner, new manager? Yeah. Yeah. We're we're only going to, at very best, stand still under Mike Ashley, no matter who yeah. we have as manager. So almost Benitez is almost a hindrance. I think it's as far down the negativity train as we're going to go, but it is quite important to talk about because there is talk of, is it the walk out or the walk in at the at the game at, the at West Ham? They're talking about um, eleven minutes late, which. Honestly, if it, if we'd lost against Burnley, I could see it being quite popular. That we've won um, three games on the bounce, I don't think there's going to be many people yeah. turning up late. And This is the problem with football, though. You only really view how it's going in terms of the month or two that have gone before. Because really, yeah. it, like with the last question... At the end of this season, chances are Benitez isn't going to be here. So, of course, you'd take relegation to get rid of Ashley because it's only going to be another McLaren or the like. Mm. So, protesting, if that's what you're into, is just as important now, whether we've won the last three games or not. Absolutely. I, I, no, I, I totally agree. And I, I, would, I would certainly, if I was in the area, I would certainly turn up late. Um, it might be... Are you a... boycotting the area? <laughs> I'm I'm not going back. Well, actually, I'm going back on the 28th for a bit. No, I'm. I just. I think it's important for the fans to vent their their frustration. I, I don't yeah. think that. I don't think it's a pointless um, task, a pointless exercise, um, because I think that if the fans see other fans um, like protesting, showing their frustration, then they may well join the next one and they may well um, become part of a larger movement yeah. know, like a groundswell I think if people sit on their hands if, if nobody does anything you know if you do nothing nothing changes um, so I, I, I fully support it I just don't think that this run of form has, has helped their cause no I think it's unfortunate timing and also there are questions about whether in-stadium protests are the best way. I don't, like Benitez has said, the fans should be behind the team all the way through the game. Mm. I don't know, you could you could quite rightly say, well, he's, he is going to say that, but I do get the impression he does mean that. I think there's yeah. other ways to take the fight to Mike Ashley, but well, if you think it's about... easy for me to say not going to the game anyway. Yeah, I think if you, if you look at... Like Martin football has played with inches of of um benefit and, and and detriment and if you can if you can give your team an extra inch of benefit and if that comes in the form of you know 52,000 fans a roaring out atmosphere how many um, inches of fans is that? <laughs> that that's an inch per fan so you've got 52,000 inches how many feet I mean, I don't fucking know, mate. Oh, Jesus. Since on. you've gone decimal, you've really lost control. <laughs> um, I, I, I agree with Benitez that a full stadium, all supporting the team, makes the team better. Yeah. I do agree with that. But I do also agree with the protesters that this is 
this is bigger than Benitez. This is about the future of the club, and it's it's unfortunate the protests are falling at the time where we've won the last three, and you yeah. it's just not going to get the support it otherwise would have. And it well, feels that nicely... form Sorry, form with us at times like this does feel like a sticking plaster over a sort of seeping wound. Yeah, yeah. Um, talking about form leads us on to a, a tweet that we got from Andy Sheldon. He says, I'm all for winning games. That's good. Controversial uh, view. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, I Andy. Help but, Got a regular uh, Frankie Boyle. <laughs> but I can't help but feel that this run has come at the wrong time just before January. It's giving the fat cockney bastard ammunition to say that there's no need for investment again. Um, He's right. I disagree. No. Well. I Fo- disagree because... Not when it sound like Five Live. Football's about opinions. <laughs> I disagree because the the need for investment is um, is what's like it's this the the shadow like the, the cloud hanging over the club because if if he invests Benitez will sign another contract if he's invested you know if he invests significantly he I, I firmly believe that Benitez will sign a longer deal it, it might come with caveats and it might come with release clauses and what have you but he will sign another deal if he's properly backed in the January window Dave. I know. Shut up. What, what is the? Hang on, just quickly. What is the mistake you continually make when <laughs> analysing Newcastle United as a club? Uh, applying reason. Applying reason to Mike Ashley. Yeah. He he is stupid enough to go. They don't need investment. They're thirteenth. That's they'll stay in the Premier League without investment. But then we we've been here before, many no, many I times. I I just I don't think that this form. Woods. Of course, it was. I, I think I think we're too close to um, the relegation zone, and the league as it is now, where you've got the top six are the top five are far and above the like beating the all the teams below them. Few, if any, of the teams below them are taking points off the top sides. The the. It's it is actually a two league um, season. You've got the the top five punching each other in the face until they get the the Champions League spot or the title or whatever. But everybody below them can beat everybody else below them and are beating everybody else below them. Thing is, nobody's that, having a particularly everything, good season. Everything you're saying is correct, but it's ignoring who's in charge of the club. Oh, I just, he will. I, he has form for doing it every opportunity where he can. Where he doesn't have to invest, he doesn't. And he will. He will say we had a tough start to the season, which made it look like we needed more investment than we did. We're now finding our position, which is mid-table. Well, we might get the odd loan striker. Well, that's it. We can't. We can't loan it. Well, well, it we depends. Can't. We could buy Rondon or we could buy Kennedy, which I could see as maybe splashing. Which is a very more like dripping the money for Rondon to then get yep. another loan in, but I think I think our level of ambition will be as low as we feared it would be because yeah. of this run of form. It depends if we have an awful December. Fingers was, crossed. Yeah, because <laughs> if we if we lose to to West Ham, um, we're right back in the. Well, certainly, if if the sides below us pick up yeah. points, I think Fulham right. having a new manager, Huddersfield winning, does make it look like it's not going to be three teams adrift at the bottom. Mm. No, 
You're right. God, this is really depressing. We just won three on the bounce, mate. Yeah, but we can we can get depressing analysis out of any situation. And with good reason, because we're usually proved right. When has Mike Ashley ever exceeded expectations? Well, what about when he backed... Apart from uh, at buffets. <laughs> what about when he backed Steve McLaren? Yeah, but I, what about I wouldn't he... be surprised if he'd been visited by himself in the future telling him how shit Steve McLaren was. So it would be the ultimate <laughs> joke just to back him. <laughs> um, he, you know, the last time we uh, there was a huge protest. Um, I suppose when we signed Sissoko and everybody else, then yeah, we signed a bunch of players. Then um, he backed uh, McLaren in the January window as well when we signed. Um, and he's recently taken the players out for a meal. So I think, yes, I think we can conclude he's definitely <laughs> changed as a man, and he's going to invest yeah. heavily in January. And Rafa Benitez is going to sign a long-term deal and everything's going to be fine. Yeah. That's clearly what's going to happen. A hundred percent. You're an ostrich. <laughs> I, I do think that we're going to spend a bit of money this window. I, I really do. I don't think it's going to be the £125 million that we would need to... <laughs> no do anything useful with I think it'll be you know maybe maybe a couple of 10 million pound players which isn't great but that kind of level I I could see us doing that I really could yeah and I think if if we do like if because at the minute we're operating with a 24 27 million pound profit if we spent if we spend 24 million pound in January and Benitez is allowed to go off and sign whoever the fuck he wants to, then then Benitez will sign a new contract. And yeah. I think 20, 24, 27 million pounds is a bargain to get Benitez to sign Again, a new contract. Again, I, I hate to naysay. Yes, I know. If, if, Benitez, if Benitez was allowed to sign who he wanted to, then Solomon Rondon wouldn't be here on loan. He'd be here permanently. But mm-hmm. the board seemed to still be persisting with this not signing anyone over 26. Yeah, there's nothing to suggest that's going to change. I think it's it's all wishful thinking at the minute. I think don't don't get your hopes up. I think the end of the season we're still going to be without Benitez and probably sniffing around Mark Hughes. Oh, oh, I just threw up in my mouth. Well, (sighs) I think it's important to remember. Have you watched any of Southampton this season? Only bits. Like the game, the game against us, they were, they were, you know, decent. They were okay, um, but that was the last time they played well. Um, and even playing well, they couldn't, they couldn't beat a side who was at the time in the relegation zone. They are abject. Um, yeah. I think that uh, just to skew off topic, would you're looking at what are our chances of staying up, and they're pretty good because Fulham are terrible, like woeful at the back and Ranieri will improve them. Um, whether he'll do it quickly enough and sufficiently, don't know. Huddersfield and Cardiff, Graft Hard can probably grind out a 1-0 win away at Man U, but will get beaten by Bournemouth, West Ham, Leicester, Everton and so on and so forth. I just, I think there's three worse teams than us in the Premier League. I'd I say think so. I'd say there's four. 
Would, I feel like, confident we'll push. stay up, but I think yeah, like I'm starting to feel like Fulham will stay up now with the level of manager they've got. Well, you say that, but then he hasn't exactly like that season aside. Ranieri doesn't have a great track record, and you've got to bear in mind that perfect storm of that season where you had all of the top clubs having, by their standards, an off season. And I think you have to give a bit more credit. He won the Premier League of Leicester. He did. I'm, I'm not. The only it does re- sound like I'm dismissing. I'm not dismissing. He can't I'm just be a bad manager unless he was just saving and then restarting if he lost a game every game. <laughs> but you, I'm just saying, there's it's one of the factors. greatest achieve, managerial achievements in <coughs> British football in history. Of course, it is. It's one of the great sports stories. It, it absolutely is. But once you start. Um, interrogating it a little bit in, in a little bit more depth, you see that the reason that they were able to have that fairy tale is it wasn't just good management. It had purple patch for one of their players. Yeah. Uh, it had like Riyad Mahrez came from like fucking non-league France or somewhere. But I think as well, if you're, if you're good enough to pull that off as a manager, you're not below the level of a mid table premier league manager and Fulham's funding is mid-level Premier League funding. Yeah. So I, th- uh, I think I think they've got a far better chance of staying up now. Oh, well, definitely a far better chance of staying up now. More questions, more questions. Let's more move questions. on. Let's move on. Do we further. have any more questions? We've got Andy Sheldon again. Three wins on the bounce. Is it fine to start pulling our cocks off yet? I mean, I think through the course of this pod, we've pulled our cocks off and then sheepishly stapled them back on. <laughs> So feel free to do that, Andy. And Bedford Mag has been in touch to say, you lot have gone to shit since Fergus joined the Mounties. Bring back Luke Benson, if you ask me. So that's nice. In our defence, since we've been shit at having the availability to do a podcast, Newcastle United have gone on a three-match unbeaten run. So... Pipe the fuck down. We've yeah. helped. And, as my gran used to say, if you've not got anything nice to say about anyone, just give them a five-star review on iTunes and subscribe. <laughs> yeah. She um, was very prescient. <laughs> she clearly was. Uh, the only real thing to talk about left, the only thing... Oh, Jesus. West Ham. Terrible. West Ham. West Ham. Um, we had the West Ham podcast in before us. I was listening into their predictions for the game against uh, us. There were three of them. One predicted. Confident? Well, no, they had win, lose, and draw. Oh. Yeah. And well, they've had a mixed run of form. Yeah, and we do seem to have our best performances and results of the season, West Ham at home. It's, all, oh, it's, it's felt yeah. the closest we've had to a gimme in the last few seasons. I think Benitez, especially up against... Who did they have? Who did they have before Moyes? Slavan Bilic. Yes. Slavan Bilic. It's always felt like an easy game. I don't think it'll be that easy this time because they have got some very good players, but it's they're a bit like Everton where you can't really predict which version of them is going to turn up. Or Watford, I guess. Well, you look at their last six games and they've, um, they've lost to Tottenham twice, once in the Cup. 
Um, drew with Leicester, drew with Huddersfield, got spanked by Man City, and they've beaten Burnley. The those are those are the kind of results you'd expect from a mid-table side. You know, yeah. they're, they're struggling to beat sides that you'd expect to finish below them because they're dogged and, and all the rest of it, and they're getting comfortably beaten by the sides above them. Um, I can't. I, I genuinely like you're saying. I don't know which West Ham turn will turn up. Um, I'd fancy us to. I'd fancy us to be very solid at the back. The big danger man's obviously on out of it. Yeah. And if you can frustrate him, he's a stroppy con. So wind him up. Get Yedlin, who's an underrated shithouse, to um, <laughs> just to you know get under his skin, few little nicks like nips and stamps and stuff like that. Um, you, we can deal with that. And the centre of their park, the centre of their midfield's not. Right, uh, Declan Rice and Noble, I think it is normally. Yeah, it's not great. It's not particularly mobile. It's like Declan Rice is a good young player, but he's inexperienced. Noble's got no legs, so I, I hope that whichever midfield, whichever two of the three we've got, um, I'd imagine it would be Key and Diarmi again, and that wouldn't. Yeah, worry I wouldn't me risk in this one now. Also, um, I hadn't realised they were. I mean, this is on Sky last night. Diarmi has the most tackles of any of any midfielder or any player in the Premier League this season. Wow! And he's been fairly anonymous in a lot of the games. Yeah, I think yeah, he is. No, Surprised. He does seem to have that thing that people say about Perez as well. If you don't really notice what he does, but that doesn't mean he's not doing it. No. Um... Up front, they've got. Uh, sorry, uh, uh, like for us, we'll be playing Rondon. I'd expect. But yeah, they've got, I don't think um, we'll be three at the back again. I think we'll be back. No, to... they've got that Balbuena, and he's he's looked a, a good, a good, um, a good acquisition for them. He's, I think, he leads the league in interceptions, um, uh, and. Maybe something else. Maybe something like clearances or something. But anyway, I have he's... no idea who any of their players are. <laughs> well, they've got uh, the Brazilian Felipe Anderson, who's classy. But a West Ham fan who I work with is saying that he's he blows hot and cold, like all Brazilians in the Premier League seem to. Um, so tell, tell that to Casapa, <laughs> who very much blew cold. <laughs> he's an incredibly environmentally friendly player. <laughs> um, it's it's hard. It's it's genuinely difficult to to pick um, how the game yeah. will go. I think it'll be low scoring. It feels I, like another two one, but which way it goes? Could get, which, a lot a, of our games are going to be this season. I think. I think it'll be a one nil. I I, oh. I can't see both teams scoring. I mean, West Ham have got. Uh, let's see. They've only got fourteen goals. For them, um, they've conceded 22 actually, which makes me think that perhaps it'll be in our favour. Um, I don't know, mate. We're I in really form, don't. it's not often you get to say that. We usually have misplaced confidence going into games, kind of feels like placed confidence this time. But we, we said, you know, before the Bournemouth and Watford games, we were saying that those are two teams in form and we didn't want to face them. and we turned them both over. So, uh, fuck it. I'm going to say 1-0 Newcastle. 
I think 2-1 Newcastle. The thing we always have against West Ham, the reason it seems easier to us, is they they never seem to bother about who their opponent is. They just stick to their plan. Where The teams we struggle against, Burnley usually would be one of those. Where Brighton, for example, where it's all mm. just a really solid shape to counter us and we've got nothing to deal with that. West Ham will be open and yeah. it just depends on how well Arnautovic does, I think. But I think... I think we'll find and engineer a lot of space. I think two one. I, I think it's the kind of game that Perez will score in. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Because while um, I think it's Diop, they've got Diop and Balbuena at the yeah. back. I think they'll, I think they'll shackle Rondon, um, which, which I don't know why, but I just fancy Perez to score. So I'm going to go one nil Perez. Yeah, I'm going to go two one. Both goals by Martin Dubravka in a series of bizarre events. Oh, we haven't talked about that. And it'll be very brief. But what the fuck was Joe Hart doing for the final five minutes oh, of that yes. game? Oh, was, oh <laughs> desperate. Desperate for us to score while he was up. He just... When Perez, Perez broke and um, he... Because Joe Hart was up for a, an, one of many free kicks or, or corners that they got towards the end of the game. And the ball broke to Perez, and he crossed the halfway line. He didn't do the stupid thing and take the you know take a shot as soon as he saw that it was an empty net. Yeah. He, he did move into the, but then he just he got crowded out too quickly and didn't release the ball. If he'd released the ball to, I think it was Kennedy. I think it was Kennedy. I'm convinced that Kennedy would have the technical ability yeah. and the 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 goal just to shoot from anywhere. I mean, so. We've got Shelby, who if ever you want a player to shoot from their own half. Oh, yeah. Uh, we've got a friend staying with us at the minute, and uh, he was upstairs because he didn't like the mouth-watering prospect of Burnley-Newcastle on a Monday night. <laughs> but he came down to get his pizza as it arrived just after Newcastle had scored. So Joe, saw Joe Hart picking the ball out, and <laughs> picked up his pizza and went, couldn't happen to a nicer cunt and walked upstairs. <laughs> I think summed up my views on Joe Hart as well. Well, their their form's gone to gone to shit since yeah. Joe Hart took, put on the gloves for them. He's a he's a jinx. Yeah, I think that's yeah. everything. Yeah. So uh, yeah, do do get in touch with us ahead of next week's pod. I'm sure there will be one. Yes. We can't be this crap every week. No, I, I do apologise for it, but just I mean, as everybody who who you know, life just gets in the way, really, doesn't yeah. it? You just got too many things on. But yeah, um, leave us a review. Give us a five-star one. Yeah, go Tell on. your friends. Yeah, do go it. on. Yeah, <laughs> do it. Right. Thank you very much, Dave Watson. Cheers, Paul. And thank you to you, the NASA listeners. Goodbye. Bye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.